Hello and a very warm welcome to Brailcast, a podcast connecting the dots for Brailists everywhere. Coming up, we had to rewrite and redevelop and really reanalyze the Keysoft for what it would be on a touchscreen because that environment is so different than what it would be on a non-visual Braille Note 8 Braille Note Touch promised to change the Braille Note Taker landscape forever. We hear from three teachers, a student, and the Braille Note product manager to find out how that's going. But first, your Braille news. Braille support is now built directly into Microsoft Windows. The recent Windows 10 Creators update is compatible with refreshable Braille displays from many of the leading manufacturers. Setup and usage instructions can be found in Chapter 7 of the latest Narrator Screen Reader User Guide. The UEB Code Maintenance Committee, part of the International Council on English Braille, are seeking input from as many people as possible on potential changes to the Braille representation of single quotation marks and the apostrophe in order to better facilitate translation and reading on electronic Braille devices. An online survey is being conducted to collect the opinions of Braille users, which will be open from the 1st to the 30th of June. Further information about the survey, along with an explanation of the problem and the options under consideration, can be found on the ICEB website. Humanware have announced the Brilliant BI-14, scheduled for release at the end of June. It features 14 cells with touch-sensitive cursor routing, simultaneous Bluetooth pairing with up to five devices, and simple, standalone note-taking functionality that synchronizes with Google Mail, iCloud and Microsoft Exchange via the new Brilliant Sync app. US pricing has been set at $995, with UK pricing expected to follow shortly. More at humanware.com. The UK Association for Accessible Formats will be holding its conference and AGM in London on Wednesday the 14th of June. In a change from previous years, the entire day is open to anyone with an interest in accessible formats, with the AGM itself taking place at the end. A number of high-profile guests, including representatives from the Open University and RNIB Bookshare, will be speaking on topics related to education during the morning and early afternoon. Free tickets are available from Eventbrite, and further information can be found in the news section of the UCAF website. Lisa Salinger and Mystic Access have joined forces to produce an audio tutorial for Baum Vario Ultra Smart Braille Displays. The tutorial, which is entitled Getting to Know Vario Ultra, was compiled from an initial six-week teleconference which was offered earlier this year. It can be purchased from the Mystic Access website. A new guide has been produced which enables blind people to learn more about the upcoming 2017 total solar eclipse over North America. Entitled Getting a Feel for Eclipses, it features tactile graphics to help teach its readers about the interaction and alignment of the sun with the moon and the earth. The book is being distributed through libraries and schools across the United States and will also be available at this year's National Federation of the Blind conference. A US price has been announced for the Orbit Reader 20. In a recent tweet, the American Printing House for the Blind announced they would be selling the new affordable Braille display for $449. A release date has not been announced at time of recording, but is expected soon. 
Finally, the Braille Legacy musical, highlighted last month, has divided opinion amongst theatre critics. If you've seen it yourself, we'd love to know what you think. You can contact us on Twitter using at BrailleCast or by emailing news at BrailleCast.com. The future is so close you can touch it. Combining the Braille literacy and productivity benefits of a traditional Braille note-taker with the power and flexibility of a modern Android tablet is how humanware describe their Braille note touch. A year since launch and three major software versions later, how's it going for the world's first Google-certified tablet with integrated Braille display? We'll be hearing from Greg Stilson, HumanWare's BrailleNote Touch product manager, in a few moments. But first, I wanted to find out how BrailleNote Touch is going down in education. Claire Bradnock is a teacher of the visually impaired here in Worcester. Alice Stonehill is from the VI Resource Centre at Woking High School. And Jane Sharp is a teacher in charge of the resource base for secondary students in Wakefield. So, what attracted teachers and students to BrailleNote Touch in the first place? To be able to to actually use your Braille on a screen and it be quieter. Um, you could download books and read those, um, but then you just flip up the the top part of of the the BrailleNote Touch and you can be able to have the you know the Google screen there. Um, and we decided to switch two um, of our more advanced students over to the Touch. Um, really just to, because we thought they were capable of adapting to the change and just wanted to give them a wider um, access to, to new technology. Importing files from a memory stick is, is quite a convoluted process on the um, on the Apex. Um, so really it was for that reason and also because the Apex doesn't recognise um, the new word format very easily. So there were a number of issues but in addition, we felt that having the screen was going to be fantastic for her because then she could do um, peer feedback in the lessons. So she'd just be able to show her peers straight away what she'd been working on. They could give her feedback on it and also her teachers in the classroom as well. So it was like a way to get instant feedback on her work. Compelling reasons there for considering Braille Note Touch in education. But how steep is the learning curve? Alice Stonehill. Um, it has. It's been a bit tricky, um, really, because they were so advanced on the Apex um, that some of the features that they were using, such as the database function um, on the Apex, were not available on the Touch. Um, it also took quite a lot longer than we anticipated to switch all of the documents over to the um, Touch from the Apex. It was quite. It's quite quite a big learning. <laughs> um, I've had three training sessions so far. But that's now I feel, you know, confident to be able to, to work through it with the pupil to make sure that I've, I've had one um, that I've been, I've been very lucky to have another one through the service to, to practice on at home. And then I've gone with the child and then make sure that, that they're clear with, with the system. The Brown Touch works in a different way with it being a, a tablet. So you have to actually press enter to get to items rather than, you know, them just sort of automatically starting and you have to, uh, save files in a slightly different way but she picked that up really quickly and to be honest once I've shown her the basics 
she just learnt the rest herself. While the transition from Braille Note Apex to Braille Note Touch was a bumpy road for some, it was insurmountable for Megan Paul, a creative writing student featured on last month's Braillecast. To give something Braille capabilities, it needs to be strong, a really strong piece of kit. And I found that mine crashed an awful lot and like things like it couldn't keep up with my typing speed. Um, and there is nothing more frustrating than having to type or move slower than you actually want to. Anyway, the whole thing just packed in after I'd had it sort of four months. So the Braille Note Touch, I've tried to have it repaired. I'll be keeping an eye on it because they are updating it. It did only come out last year. And with a lot of these new pieces of technology, they tend to start out fairly glitchy and then improve. In spite of the teething difficulties, largely addressed by human wear, is the 10-inch touchscreen breaking down barriers in the classroom? Yeah, I think our students at the moment are, are still very keen on using the, the keys um, rather than the, than the screen. Um, and I think that's going to you know, depend on individual students and how they kind of get used to that. But no, it's, def- I mean, it's definitely brilliant from the social point of view. I had students last week sitting around with their sighted friends, um, you know, and they're all sharing the screen and taking it in terms to have a go. So, you know, that's definitely a, a fantastic um, improvement for, for students to have. Children um, around the pupil can see what they're doing, can see that, that they are actually doing the same work as themselves, which often they, they do ask, is, is the pupil doing the same work or are they doing something different? And they can see that actually what they're typing um, is coming up into print. Um, and then the other the other side again is the fact that the teacher um, can see what they're doing straight away, ask some questions. It's so much more interactive. Whereas the teachers, if they do, if they can't read Braille, um, which most of them can't, you know they they sort of uh, oh how are you doing? But they don't really know. Um, they've got to then obviously interact with the, the TA or see the work afterwards. Um, and the bit that I like about it is the fact that you've got this button on the front that you can press and then you can go um, from the Braille straight to a touch screen. So it means that the teacher, again, can leave a comment. Claire Bradnock. As a Google-certified tablet, Braille Note Touch provides access to the Google Play Store and a wide range of third-party apps. But how do students and teachers know which apps are accessible? Again, that's quite time-consuming, that it's um, you know, trial and error, trying to find which ones are accessible and which ones aren't. We've downloaded a PowerPoint app because in high school, uh, that's the majority of teachers work in that way. So obviously with some training from myself to make sure that the teachers are, are putting the information in the correct format for her. Oh, I've downloaded the Kindle as well and TapTapC app as well, which we've used for just sort of having a, a description of things. And I thought that that would be useful for things like science and history and you know, if you've got artefacts. But I'm now, you know, sort of know that this is possible on, on the Brown Note Touch. I'm going to be looking at lots of different supportive apps for her. I think she uses them more for leisure than for learning, although she does she does use some um, in her learning. It means that she gets better at using the technology because she's motivated by using the, the, the apps for her leisure and entertainment and for social communication. So I think that side of it has been a massive motivator for her. And just um, so on the education side, as she was saying to me yesterday, she went, oh, I found this app, Easy PDF, and I can, you know, I can do this now. And and so she, if she can't do anything else, she's struggling with anything, she'll go and look for an app that will help her to do it. Now there's so many available. She'll try first and sort it herself and ask herself, you know, which is a good skill for life, isn't it? Because I'm not always going to be there for her. <laughs> 
Jane Sharp suggesting there that testing third-party apps for accessibility may promote self-reliance and independence amongst students. But to what extent does BrailleNote Touch promote Braille literacy and technology skills more generally? Yeah, I think uh, all of our students have grown up learning Braille. The, the, the one area that we haven't used as much because she's um, in her satsia and she's very confident on the Perkins Brailler for her maths is the, the maths area. I'm very keen for her to start using that on the Braille note. So teachers of the visually impaired believe that Braille note takers still have an important role for blind students in the classroom. With the so many changes in technology, it's quite hard for students to keep up with staff supporting them to keep up. So at least having something that's quite consistent, um, you know, with, with small upgrades every now and then, you know, the touch has been quite a big jump. But I think, um, you know, the, sticking with learning Braille and having a Braille device is quite, is quite important for students. Along with, I think she'll need to use other technology as well. You know, she'll need to access um, PCs and, and Apple, possibly Apple machines. But um, along with those, I think it could be an option for life really I think it's got the the functionality but I mean obviously it will become obsolete won't it like all electronic devices in in a number of years so and and I suppose something newer and flashier that we possibly can't even imagine now will come out but uh, yeah I think until it becomes obsolete I think it will you know she'll use it because she uses it in school and at home and, and she does absolutely love it. Greg Stilson is the product manager for BrailleNote Touch and I caught up with Greg recently at the Site City exhibition in Frankfurt. I started by asking Greg how he felt about the transition from BrailleNote Apex to BrailleNote Touch. There's a lot of excitement because the BrailleNote Touch does a lot and there's a lot of people who kind of see the touch as this advanced product and the reality is that part of part of the transition is just learning that the braille note touch is as as powerful or as simple as you want it to be um, so for example you know one of the things that uh, I was in California a few weeks ago and they said uh, I was talking to a teacher and they said well you know we could keep our kids on the apex because they're really young and I showed a couple of their students the, the braille note touch and using the word processor and, and just typing for example a spelling list uh, a list of spelling words and they loved it they loved and actually I had a, a, an eight-year-old typing on the screen which I thought was just incredible the fact that they were typing in touch braille so would you say to TVIs introducing kids to braille technology they could go straight in to, to the touch the, the, the one thing I will say to, to TVIs is start the students on the physical keyboard um, when they're very, very young. We've, we, when we did user testing and, and user studies, we noticed that um, kids who were four or five years old didn't have the muscle control um, to be able to type without assistance of physical keys. But as they learned the interface and learned how to type on the keyboard, they then progressed and we now, like I said, had eight, eight nine-year-old kids that have said, I don't want to be typing on this noisy keyboard. I want to be typing as quietly as you know my sighted peers with a pen and paper. We do have a lot of um, TVIs who have gone straight to the touch um, right away. A, l a lot of the reason is because they know that their districts are going 100% Google Classroom as the kids get older. And th the BrailleNote Touch is really the optimal device for Google Classroom environment. Um, it's based, you know, things like first letter navigation, keyboard shortcuts, having Braille at your fingertips at all times, really make navigating the Google Classroom environment uh, a real pleasure with, a, with that product, you know. 
So there have been quite a few updates since the Braille Note Touch was released. Your harshest critics would say maybe it wasn't quite ready for prime time on launch day. Um, and your biggest fans, they would say, well, this is really great. You know, Humorware is so committed to this product, they're putting out lots of updates. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say to the first group? I would say that we had a set number of launch features. Uh, basically, the, the software developers out there would say, these are our minimum launch requirements. Uh, we can't launch this product without having, at minimum, this, this, and this. And we tried to do more than that when we launched the product. And one thing that we didn't do, if you, if you notice, is that we didn't do a direct port of the Keysoft interface and the Keysoft software from Windows CE to Android. We completely rewrote everything from the ground up. And that's one thing that is a little bit different, is that, yes, it's Keysoft, but it's Keysoft for the 21st century and Keysoft for Android. It's not just a Windows CE port onto Android. And so a lot of that meant that we had to rewrite and redevelop and, and really reanalyze Keysoft for what it would be on a touchscreen because that environment is so different than what it would be on a non-visual Braille Note Apex. I'll give you an example. When we launched the product, the Braille terminal mode wasn't there because we didn't have time to complete the, uh, the, the work with the screen readers, with Apple, with, um, with, with those type of partnerships. I would have loved to have the Braille terminal on day one, but it wasn't there. And we needed to have more time to be able to finish that and to to make those partnerships work. And we were able to bring that in version two. And we're continuing to do that. One thing that I I would say for those students and and TBIs listening is be on the lookout for more more STEM updates. Key math is only, it's the only the beginning for key math. as many of you know who know me, I am extremely passionate when it comes to math and science. I'm one of those blind people that really struggled in math and science. And it led me to say, as I've gotten older, there has to be an easier way for blind people to learn math and science. And so that's really where, from a student perspective, we're really, we're really pushing. And for the, the professionals and for the consumers who are using this product, I, I will... All I can say is we're listening to you and we will be coming up with more updates. Um, so this is only the beginning. This is a product that's going to evolve. We, we have a, a large team still working on this. Um, it's not like we just pushed it out the door and then moved everybody out to different projects. Um, so we're very committed. And as I said, part of that commitment is because of the adoption of this product by other countries, of other, um, other localizations, people who speak other languages, um, it's just going to make this product better. Yeah, and, what, and one of the things you've become known for, Greg, I think, over the last year is you're backing all that up with some fantastic resources as well. You've got videos explaining how to use uh, the new math functionality as well. Yeah, we actually just, um, I brought in Peter Tusick, who's one of our product specialists. Um, Peter and I are really, <laughs> we're cut from the same piece of cloth. We're, uh, we're very similar. And Peter is our Google Classroom guru. And we just launched two snapshot tutorial videos on uh, using the touch in Google Classroom and really showcasing um, how you would complete an assignment from being able to go into the classroom environment. The teacher assigns you, let's say, watch a YouTube video. You need to watch a YouTube video on, I don't remember, it was on Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia, I believe is what it was. And you watch the YouTube video and then you have to go in and you have to answer a worksheet in Google Docs. Well, how do you do that? And how do you actually submit that assignment so that the teacher can grade it right then and there? And so that's what this worksheet really uh, 
or this this video really really showcases last thing on the touch yeah. apps um, accessible apps in particular how do people know how do, how do teachers know uh, what to go for when it comes to third-party apps it's a um, really good question Dave inclusive and I think it's inclusive Android is one of those websites that showcases um, apps that are accessible or apps that work well with talkback and the nice thing about what we've done with Keysoft is generally if it's going to work with TalkBack, it's going to work with Keysoft. We're using the same accessibility APIs that are out there, and we're not. We're, we're doing a lot of things different with Keysoft. Um, Braille and speech under the same roof is one big thing, um, but the reality is that we're still under the same accessibility APIs put on us by Google, which is great because that means that app developers don't have to do anything special to make their apps work with Keysoft. Right, so, so that's good news that there's technology underpinning accessibility in Android that, that benefits uh, Braille Note Touch users. But, you know, if I'm a teacher in a school and I haven't got a lot of time to evaluate apps and I just want to find something that, I don't know, reads a PDF or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is, then... So I would start with the Humanware webpage. If you go to humanware.com slash touch underscore support, we have a list of recommended apps. These are apps that Humanware has personally looked at. We've actually tested. We've actually played with it. We've heard from teachers that it works. Um, and there are also apps that are recommended by you, the users. Um, there is a form on our webpage that actually allows you to submit apps and tell us how well they work. But I would also, you know, turn to that inclusive Android resource and things like that, that there are a number of apps out there that are quite good. Um, we haven't reviewed them all, but if they're working with, with TalkBack, generally they're going to be reasonably accessible with, with Keysoft, and at times, sometimes more accessible because of the constant braille control of the device. But is, there, is there a mechanism, though, if I've, got a, if I've got a child studying, I don't know, geography or something, and I want to find an accessible geography app, you know, who do I ask? Do I just phone up my local humanware support and ask the question? Or? You know what, you could do that. Um, um, I wish that I, I could test every single app. I, I think your best resource would be um, if you can, if you are a TVI or you are a student, talk to the classroom teacher. Say, hey, what apps are we using um, this year? What apps are you recommending? Because most most of the time, uh, classroom teachers are using other electronic tools, whether they're iPads, whether they're tablets, whether they're something, and say, you know, what what apps are you planning on using this year? And you can contact HumanWare support and say, give us a list, even if it's just emailing us a list and say, would you mind having a look at these and see how well they work? And if they don't work, then are they not working because Keysoft isn't working well or are they not working because the app is physically not accessible? And if the app's physically not accessible, unfortunately, there's not much we can do, but we can definitely write an email on your behalf to say, here's what's not working. I would recommend doing X, Y, and Z. Having a 10-inch touchscreen, um, speakers, and a braille display uh, I, my sense of this, uh, poor choice of word, my, my impression <laughs> of this, uh, Greg, is that you've really only started to scratch the surface about what is possible. I mean, I'm thinking about a tactile diagram overlay, and then you could touch a part of that and then have the relevant information appear in Braille or spoken, and both ideally. You're, you're thinking right on the same lines as me. I mean, this is, this is it's, it's a platform that's designed to make the traditionally inaccessible more accessible. I, I, I do believe that with, with STEM content, we have, a, that touchscreen opens up a world of opportunities for us. And 
just to let you know, we've we've gotten significant um, interest by mainstream companies. The company Desmos, which makes one of the most popular online graphing calculators, approached us. They said, we're really impressed with what you're doing with KeyMath. We want to be part of that. And they want to make their stuff more accessible. And they said, well, what a great platform. Let's do that. And so that's what we've done with KeyMath going forward, is you'll see an integration of this graphing calculator. I demoed this at CSUN. Um, it, it was an alpha version. Uh, still, it's still quite alpha-y. But you know, eventually a blind kid's going to be able to write, you know, X plus four equals Y and have that graph for them. Humanware's Greg Stilson, product manager for BrailleNote Touch. So what's the bottom line? Would our QTVIs recommend the BrailleNote Touch? Yes, definitely recommend it. I think just, just, you know, kind of with that word of caution that it does take time to transition everything over. I think until, as I said, you know, when I get to high, the high school, that will be the key area for me to sort of think, oh, well, actually we need this, that, and the other. But at the moment, as it stands in primary school, you know, it's, it's a fantastic resource. I would, yes. The, the, I say the only downside we had is that we have had to send um, some the, the two units that we've had back a number of times but I think that is sorted out now and I think probably most of that was because it was a you know brand new product sort of teasing teasing problems so so I would yeah definitely it's really it's changed their life I have to say <laughs> it, it really has um I mean she loves Braille now whereas before she hated it and I think first the apex but then the Braille note touch I, I think they have been the the motivators in, in getting this and, that, and actually she prefers braille to audio now always good to hear people loving their braille for more information help and support with braille note touch visit humanware.com thanks to our teachers for sharing their experiences megan paul for her perspective as a student and greg stilson for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with brailcast if you have Braille-related news you'd like to share, you can send an email to news at braillecast.com or contact us on Twitter at Braillecast. From me, Dave Williams, and the rest of the team, thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.